Hello, this is Eli Shaubi. Uh, today we'll be starting the last chapter of Hilchot Shechita that is dealing with the various terefot that uh, make an animal prohibited to be eaten. Uh, this chapter, uh, in the previous chapter, we concluded in listing all the terefot. Now, in this chapter, we'll be dealing with uh, uh, cases in which there is a safiq, in which there is a doubt about terefa and how we treat these cases of doubt. Uh, following which, Rabbeinu will uh, introduce various customs that have become widespread in is in Israel today, and amongst Jews today, um, as well as in his time. And these customs, although they are not uh, uh, legally obligatory in, uh, by Talmudic law, they have become. Uh, widespread custom that all Jews have practiced uh, even since the times of the Geonim and possibly since the times of the Talmud as well. Um, okay, so with that, I'll begin uh, chapter 11. Halakha Alef. Kol behema o haya o of shen nolad bahen safiq terefa mi terefot elu. Keron behema shen nafela bolo halakha. Okay, every animal, uh, domesticated animal or undomesticated animal or bird, which has one of these cases of terefa out of doubt uh, of from any of the terefot that we have seen, uh, such as, for example, an animal that fell uh, from a roof um, and did not walk, uh, which is considered a case of sefik, of doubt, until uh, we do certain checks, as we've already explained in uh, chapter uh, 9, I think it was. Uh, or if it was attacked by an animal um, and it's not, and by a predator, and we don't know uh, whether the flesh uh, opposite the organs became red or not, uh, which as we saw uh, I think in chapter 5, uh, that this redness is the sign uh, that indicates that uh, the animal uh, was attacked and makes it prohibited. Or if its skull were crushed, uh, but we don't know if it were crushed in a majority of the skull or only in a minority of the skull. And so to anything like any anything like these, of all other cases of doubt uh, regarding Terefot, uh, so then, if so, in any of these cases of doubt, uh, we do the following check. If the animal were a male, then we wait 12 months. Uh, if it remained alive after 12 months, then it this animal has a presumption of being whole and healthy like all other animals. Uh, because we say if it were a terefa, it would have died within the 12 months. If, it were, if the animal is a female, then we wait until it gives birth. Um, so if uh, so if the animal is pregnant, we wait till 
uh, it gives birth and then it uh, is kshira. Um, if, however, we're dealing with a bird, then in the male also we wait 12 months. In the female, we wait until it uh, hatches or it, uh, it hatches all of the eggs of one of its clutches, um, and that it start and then and that it starts to lay uh, a second clutch, a second like, batch of eggs, uh, and gives birth to them. Meaning, so uh, the way that an, uh, that a hen uh, 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 lays eggs, so a hen a hen usually lays one egg every day. Uh, and it takes between usually between 24 to 27 hours uh, for a hen to lay an egg. So if uh, today it laid its egg on at seven o'clock, seven in the morning, so the next day it'll lay around nine in the morning or eight in the morning or something like that. Um, and then after that, 10, 11 in the morning, et cetera, et cetera. And it will keep doing this. Um, uh, there are different types of hens. A hen that is considered brooding. A brooding hen is one that is currently laying and with the intention of hatching of hatching these eggs. Um, so a hen that's brooding will do this and produce uh, produce a number of eggs in this way. Um, and 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 once it finishes uh, laying a certain number of eggs, that egg that 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 batch of eggs is called a clutch. Uh, once it lays that clutch of eggs, then the brooding hen stops laying eggs uh, and uh, lay and sits on the eggs, hoping for them to hatch. And it does this uh, for a period of about 21 days. It, it lays on, it sits on the eggs, and it does not lay any new eggs. Uh, and then once the eggs hatch, it'll then return to its cycle of laying eggs again every day. Um, and that would be the second uh, clutch, uh, the second ta'ina uh, that this halakha is describing. Uh, so we wait that it finishes one whole clutch and, uh, and, and hatches them. Uh, some of them will hatch into chicks, some will not. And then, that it, and then it does a whole second cycle. And after the whole second cycle, then we say uh, that it is kshira. Al-Habit. ואסור למכור ספק טרפה זו לגוי בתוך זמן זה, שמא ימכרן נא לישראל. And it is prohibited to sell any case of a doubt of טרפה uh, to a non-Jew in this period of time, right? Because in this period of time, since the animal is a ספק, it is still prohibited to eat it. Uh, and even though the non-Jew is not prohibited to eat it, uh, we may not sell it to the non-Jew because he might sell it to a Jew after him, after us. Uh, and then the Jew will eat a case of safik terifa. Machagima. Kol behemah yewa of behaskat peri in hen. When hoshishin hen, shemma yeshbahen terifa. Lefikah keshisha hatu, shahita keshera, enan serichin bedika, shemma yeshbahena hat mina terifoth. Ella are hen behaskat eter, as she wolella hen the varsha hoshishimno. Harakah bodekin al otho the var bilvad. Okay, this halakha is a very important halakha and establishes a primary principle in the laws of terefot. Um, any animal, a domesticated animal, undomesticated animal or bird, right, all animals are have a presumption 
of being healthy. Okay, this is uh, unlike what we saw in the case of nevela, where all animals have a status of a nevela until a proper shahita is done. And then the shahita removes the, the, the status of nevela from the animal and makes them permitted to be eaten. Unlike in the case of the nevela, in the case of a terefa, we always assume that the animal is healthy uh, until something uh, makes us think otherwise. Okay, so all animals are presumed to be healthy, and we do not suspect uh, regarding them that they might have one of these terefot. Therefore, if they are slaughtered, a valid slaughtering, we do not need to do any checks uh, that they might have, uh, that maybe they have one of these terefot. Rather, they uh, remain in their presumption of being permitted uh, to be eaten until uh, something is uh, something occurs that causes us to suspect it. And only if something like that arises that we then suspect regarding it, then we must check on that same issue alone, like only on that issue, right? So uh, we saw a list of 70 terefot. We do not need to check every animal that we slaughter for all 70 of those terefot. In fact, we don't need to check for any of those 70 terefot. Only if something occurs that makes us suspect that one of them might have happened, then we need to check to make sure that same terefa did not occur. Kesad. Now Rabbein will explain, uh, I will give a few examples of this. Kesad. Uh, so, how so? Like, what are some examples? Such as if the uh, wing of, an, of the bird were uh, detached or dislocated or it were removed. Um, and as we saw in the previous chapter, a wing that gets detached from the body, we suspect regarding the bird that its lung may have been punctured. Right? So, how so? If the wing were detached, we check the lung uh, lest it may have been punctured. That's one example. Second example. Uh, so if an animal fell, then we check to make sure that its organs were not crushed. Uh, third example. If the, uh, the skull were uh, we check to make sure that uh, the um, the membrane of the brain, so the meninges of the brain, were not punctured. Uh, now, a fourth example. <laughs> Uh, so a fourth example, if an animal uh, was hit by a uh, by a point, by some like needle or something, like something sharp, or someone threw at it an arrow or a spear or anything like this, uh, and the point uh, entered into the uh, cavity of the animal, right? So the the body of the animal. So now we suspect, and we and we have to check. Uh, the entire body of the animal uh, to see if one of the organs uh, that that 
uh, if it were punctured, becomes uh, makes the animal terefa, and we check these organs to make sure, to see that they were not punctured. Uh, right. So this includes the lung, the heart, um, the stomachs. So everything that is in either the thoracic cavity or the abdominal cavity in the main body of the animal. Uh, and so to any other uh, case like this, right? If we if something occurs that make us makes us suspect, we have to check that thing which we suspect. Uh, so therefore, if a uh, a uh, a lung uh, brought forth like these uh, oh, hairs, right, like, or um, which we talked about in uh, chapter seven when we discussed the rea, the lung, or if we find in uh, in the lung uh, adhesions uh, that are like these. Uh, which we also discussed. So these adhesions are uh, that are like strings that attach from the lung to the chest wall or to the heart or to the diaphragm. Uh, so in these cases, we suspect that the lung may have been punctured, and we have to check the lung. Right. So if we, uh, right, so if we are looking at the lung and we see that it has uh, one of these things, then we must check the lung. Um, and by check, uh, okay, then let's check the lung. And so too, if we find that the lung has an avabua, a um, uh, like a like a bubble, uh, which are called um, uh, bulbs, uh, right or right like a, a bulb, uh, or uh, that is like this little bubble that has air in it, or that might have. Uh, fluid or some other things, uh, right? So if we find a bulb that that is filled with fluid, then we also suspect that one of the bron bronchi uh, bronchioles that are under it, uh, or the alveola that's under it, that it might may have been uh, punctured, and that must be checked as well. Al Chava. Min hadin haya al derech zo shimim set harayat teluya bisarchot kemochu. Okay. Uh, according to everything that we have just said, the law on in this map in this way should be regarding the lung that if we find that the lung has adhesions that are like these strings, so if these adhesions are from the um from the bottom uh, from the larger lobe on the bottom of the lung, um, if they are from the um. Uh, to the chest wall, or to the heart, or to the diaphragm, then what we should do is we should cut the adhesion, 
And then we take out the lung uh, from its place uh, in the thoracic cavity, and we place it. We should place it in lukewarm water and blow it up. If we find right, and then uh, right, if we find that it is punctured, it is a terifa, right? So we blow uh, into the trachea or into the windpipe uh, to blow up the lung. And uh, to blow up the lung, and then if uh, the water starts to bubble, uh, so this is a sign that there is a uh, that this is that there is a puncture in the lung, and then we say that it's a terifa. But if the water does not bubble, then we know that it is whole and contains no uh, punctures, and then it is the animal is permitted, and that this uh, adhesion was not uh, caused by a puncture. Uh, or alternatively, it was only the um, it was only the uh, outside uh, membrane uh, that was punctured, and not the uh, and not the lower and not the uh, the lower uh, lower membrane uh, lower membrane. Um, right, as we have discussed, also in uh, I think it was in chapter six that the lung has. Uh, two membranes uh, that uh, cover it. Uh, right, the, I think was, they're called the, uh, the visceral pleura and the uh, parietal pleura, right? The, uh, that make up the pleural sac of the lung. Um, okay. All right, so, so alternatively, it could be that only the uh, upper, the, the parietal pleura is, was, Punctured, but the pleura that was closer to the lung, the visceral pleura, was not punctured. And in order for it to be a terefa, the puncture needs to go through both. Okay. Now, Rabbeinu says, "Umeolam lo ra'inu mishoharakach, v'lo shema'anu makom she'osin bokach rachazayin ve'af al pi she'elu hen adivarim anirin mi'dreichach me'atalmud." Um, and so Rabbeinu says, and we have never seen uh, anyone ever who taught thus, right? Who uh, taught that this is how, uh, that this is the law that uh, should be implemented in practice. Uh, nor has he ever heard of a place that uh, acts in this way, that this is the custom of how uh, they behave regarding the lung. Uh, and then in Harachazayin he says, and this is even though that these that this is what seems to be the, the law from the words of the sages of the Talmud, right? Even though this is the Talmudic law, he never heard of any place that acts in this way. And now uh, Rabbeinu will say uh, what the uh, widespread custom, uh, and this custom is also how is practiced today, uh, what, what the custom in Israel is. I mean, Hara Pashut be Israel, Kahu, Keshesho Hatin at a Behema, or at a Haya, Korain at a Tarpesh Shlakavet, or the Kin at a Reabim Koma, Imlonim set Teluyabsirha, Oshinim set Sirhame Ozim Osnere Aula Basar Bim Kom Revisatha, Ben Basar Shebena Senaot, Ben Basar Shebahaze. Uh, 
Okay, the widespread custom in all of Israel is as follows. When we slaughter the, an the domesticated animal or the undomesticated animal, we rip open the, uh, the diaphragm, right? The, the lung is on the other side of the diaphragm. We rip open the diaphragm and we check the lung in its location. Um, right? We saw in uh, a previous... Uh, uh, oops, sorry. We saw in a in uh, one of the previous uh, chapters um, uh, how uh, the butchers cut a hole into the diaphragm that they can then stick their hands into uh, the thoracic cavity and check the lung while it's still in its location, right before removing the lung, right. So they check the lung in its location without removing it. If we find that it does not have any uh, any adhesions, or even if we do find an adhesion, but the adhesion is uh, sticks from one uh, lobe to another lobe, uh, right? Uh, me, me, uh, sorry, uh, if we find that uh, that the adhesion sticks from one of the lobes of the lung to uh, the flesh uh, in the that is on top of it, uh, regardless of whether it is flesh that is between the ribs or flesh that is a part of the hazid uh, as a part of the chest. Uh, okay, so that's option two. Option three, if we find that an adhesion stuck was stuck from uh, one of the lobes to another one of the lobes, uh, but in order, uh, right? So the first lobe to the second lobe, or the second lobe to the third lobe, or from the um, la ozna semuchana, or if from the bottom lobe um, to the uh, lobe uh, that is next to it, so the bottom, uh, the larger lobe. Um, Right, the the the, uh, the larger lobe to uh, the lobe that is um, that is uh, that is next to it. Um, right, the the okay. Uh, so then, in 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 these cases, we say that the animal is permitted. One second. Right. Okay. Uh, right. So the the bottom lobe, the um of the rea, right? We said it's called the caudal lobe. The caudal lobe, which is the larger lobes on the bottom of the lung, if it uh, is stuck to the middle lobe in the right lung or uh, to the caudal part of the cranial lobe in the left lung. Um, right, so the, the lobe that is right next to it. So in all of these cases, uh, the animal is permitted. And But 
If, on the other hand, we find a string that comes out from the umshalarea, from the caudal lobe, to any other place that it might stretch to, and even if this string were as thin as a hair, a piece of hair, then we prohibit. Then we prohibit the animal. We say that it is a, a terefa. Right. So the uh, previous halacha was referring to a sircha that comes out from one of the unot shelarea, from one of the or osnaim shelareot. Right. From any one of the lobes other than the caudal lobe. Um, whereas if we find that, uh, in, in those cases, we permit it, uh, if it's in the conditions that we saw in the previous acha, and, but if on the other hand, there is a sircha from the caudal lobe, from the larger lobe on the bottom, then we prohibit it. Unless, as we saw in the previous acha, unless the, uh, adhesion goes from the caudal lobe to the lobe that is immediately next to it. Only in that case is, is it permitted. And so too, if we find that there is a string uh, that stretches from the lung to the heart, or to the diaphragm, or uh, to the uh, case that uh, to the case that envelops uh, uh, that envelops the heart, um, like the 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 sac uh, that envelops the heart, that envelops the heart, which is called the pericardium. Okay, just like the lung has. Uh, has a sac, so too the heart has a sac. Um, right, lechis alev, letarpesha kevet to the diaphragm. Um, or if it goes to the varda, the varda was the accessory lobe uh, that is on the uh, ventral side of the uh, lung, right, the side of the lung facing the, uh, facing the bottom of the animal, right, the chest of the, of the animal. Right, so if uh, the if one if the so in these cases if the if the if the adhesion goes from the lung to any of these things, it, uh, regardless of whether the adhesion is from the umshilarea from the um, from the caudal lobe, or if it, even if it were from any of the upper lobes, and even if the adhesion were as thin. As a strain, as a strand of hair, in any of these cases, we say that the animal is prohibited. And so, too, if we find that there is a an adhesion that connects the accessory lobe to its sac, right to the uh, mediastinal recess, is the uh, is what is the sac that encloses the uh, accessory lobe, or if we find uh, right, so either that it is stuck to it, or if there is a, uh, or if there is a uh, one string that attaches them, uh, then also we say that it is prohibited. Uh, and so too, a uh, 
a, a string that comes out from one of the lobes to another one of the lobes of the lung, but not in order, so the first lobe to the third lobe, or the second lobe to the fourth lobe, uh, then we also prohibit it. Okay, so this is the widespread custom in all of Israel. Okay. We saw in one of the previous chapters that a uh, an adhesion that goes from the lung to one of the bones of the rib cage that this is prohibited that the bone of the rib cage because it's hard is not considered sufficient to uh, seal uh, the to, to seal the 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 puncture and, and to seal the puncture if on the other hand the sircha the adhesion connects not to the bone of the ribcage, but rather to the flesh that is between two of the ribs, then it is permitted. Uh, in this halakha, uh, Rabbeinu is, is talking about a case where uh, it, it, uh, the adhesion is in the middle and sticks to both of them, uh, to both the, uh, the flesh and the bone. So there are places that uh, had the uh, the uh, custom that if they found a an adhesion from one of the upper lobes of the lung uh, that connected to both the flesh and the bone uh, that are that's in the rib cage that's in one of the ribs uh, and that the adhesion is stuck to both of them that in this case they prohibit it uh, and. Rabenu says here that his uh, father, uh, Rabenu Maimon, uh, uh, the father of Maimonides, uh, may his memory be a blessing, that he was of one of the people who also said that this is prohibited. And Rabenu says that he that that uh, that he is one that Maimonides is one of the people who uh, who permitted it. Right, so here uh, Rambam uh, disagrees with his father. His father prohibited this, and Rambam permitted this. All right, one second. Okay. And there are, a, there are a minority of cases, Rabbeinu continues to say, that permit it uh, even in a case where, uh, the, um, where the adhesion connects only to a bone and doesn't connect to the flesh at all. And Rabbeinu says that he uh, is one of the people who prohibits this, right? So he disagrees with this minority position. Nachayud Aleph. Okay, so 
ומעולם לא נפחנו ריאה בספרד ובמערב, אלא אם נולד לנו דבר שחוששים לו. רבנו says another custom that some places had. There are some places that blow up the lung lest it has a puncture. But most places do not blow it up since there was no there was no instance that caused us to suspect that it might have a puncture. And now Rabbeinu also says that never has he ever seen a lung in Spain or in the whole West, right? So in Morocco and North and Northwestern Africa, that in all of these places, he has never seen a lung that has been blown up in such a scenario that this is just the default. They blow up the lung unless there was a, a reason to suspect this lung uh, of being punctured. Uh, okay, right, rather that the check that they do in the lung is just that they check it while it's still in its uh, location, when it's still in, uh, uh, in it, it's stuck in its place, they check the lung then to see that it has no uh, adhesions, but they don't uh, do this check uh, for any lung of any animal that has been slaughtered. And all of these things, right, all of these different customs that Rabbeinu just explained, none, all of them, or none of them are are mandatory by law. Uh, rather, they are all a matter of custom, as we have explained, right? And uh, by law, um, the lung does not need to be checked, just like all of the other uh, organs uh, that are not checked. So too, the lung does not need to be checked unless there's a reason that, uh, that made us suspect it and that we think that it needs to be checked. Uh, but if there is no reason, it does not need to be checked. Um, but it's a, but because uh, puncture in the lung is one of the is the most common of the terefot, uh, Israel ha, uh, Jews all over the world have had this custom of checking the lung uh, to make sure that it doesn't have a terefa, uh, as uh, in one of the cases that we've explained. Right, so all these differences of opinion are not significant since they are all a matter of custom. Uh, the only thing that is significant is that uh, once we do do the whatever checks we do, that if we find that there is something wrong, uh, that there uh, that uh, we go in accordance with the halacha. And all, all these checks are only regarding the animal. We have never heard of anyone who has checked a bird unless uh, uh, there is a reason to suspect. Right? So even today, we don't check the lung of a bird to make sure that it's not terifa uh, in the same way that we check the lung of an animal. 
מישהו שחט את הבהמה וקרע את הבטן, וקודם שיבדוק את הריאה, בא כלב או גוי ונתן את הריאה והלך לו. הרי זו מותרת, ואין לו אומרין שמא נקובה היתה הריאה, או שמא דבוקה היתה, שאין מחזיקין איסור, אלא הרי זו בחזקת היתר עד שהוגדה במה נטרפה. Okay. Uh, someone who slaughtered an animal and then rips open the stomach uh, right, to check the lung, but before he was able to check the lung, a dog or a non-Jew or, or anyone else came and removed the lung and ran away uh, such that we were not able to check the lung. Uh, this uh, animal is permitted. Uh, right, since we have just seen that the, we do not have to check the lung, uh, rather it's only a custom to check the lung. So if we do not have the option of checking it, then the animal is permitted since it has a presumption of being permitted, of being healthy. And we do not say that uh, lest uh, this lung may have been punctured, or uh, we don't say lest uh, it might have been uh, stuck with adhesions uh, and which also could have been could have prohibited it and all of this is because we do not presume something we do not presume uh, a prohibition in the cases of ter of terefort uh, rather uh, this animal is in a presumption of being permitted until something comes and causes us to think that is it is a terefa וכשם שאין חוששים לקרום מוח או לשדרה וכיוסה בהן, כך לא נחוש לרעה שאבדה. And so too, just as we don't suspect regarding the membrane of the brain, right, the meninges of the brain, or to the spine, or, anything, or any of the other organs, right, anything else like this, so too, we do not need to suspect for a lung that went missing. Right, and here we may go according to the Talmudic law, since there is no custom regarding this, since it's not something that happens frequently, and we do not have customs regarding things that are infrequent. If a non-Jew or a Jew came uh, and took out the lung before it was checked, um, right, before it was checked in its, in its location, right, so if it would have had a, uh, if it has, if it had an adhesion or something like this, right, that caused the lung to be stuck to the rib cage, the diaphragm, or anything else. So here, the person pulled the lung out of its place, so it can't really be checked anymore uh, since they were pulled out. Uh, right, but if the, but if in this case, the lung is still, uh, is still there, right, we still have it, it wasn't taken away like in the previous halakha, then we still may check it, uh, by blowing it up, uh, right? By putting it in lukewarm water and blowing it up to see if the water bubbles. And even though uh, we do not know if it had these hairs or did not have, uh, 
still we must check it because of the uh, wide, uh, because of the custom that has become widespread. Uh, right, the custom of checking the lung. there are some places that uh, that if they found a sircha, a an adhesion that was hanging, right, meaning that it was hanging from the lung, but it was not stuck to anything, right? So it may have been stuck to something, but it came apart at some point during the life of the animal. Uh, so now there's just an adhesion that's flinging around. Um, even though it's not stuck not to the chest wall and not to any other part, not to the diaphragm or heart or anything else, that uh, these places used to prohibit this lung as well, uh, even though there's no law that prohibits uh, this kind of a lung. And the Rabin says, this is a large loss uh, a large financial loss and causes uh, Jews to lose a lot of their money. Um, and because a terefa and an animal is a very large financial loss. Uh, and Rabbeinu says that, uh, that this custom, that this was never customary, not in France nor in Spain, and it was never heard of in North Africa. And it is not fit to. Uh, to uh, have this custom. Rather, in such a case, where we find these sikhot, uh, these adhesions that are just flopping around, in these cases, we're, we should blow up the lung and check. If we see that it is whole and does not have any puncture, then we permit it. With this, we conclude chapter 11.